Well, today, uh, my, my message is on things that are trying to hold us back. Things that are trying to hold us back. Sounds like a Jeopardy column, you know. Can you tell me what these things are? And, I, and it's things that hold us back, you know. But um, when I was, <laughs> I was uh, in school, <clears throat> high school, grade school, uh, just coming over and getting, getting over my 50th class year reunion. Uh, so when I was in school, I remember crossing guards. Remember crossing guards? And what was a crossing guard? It was generally a kid that was in, you were in first grade or second grade, and they were in sixth grade, you know? They would put these kids out there to direct traffic, you know? Stopping traffic and holding up trucks and traffic. You know, a little kid runs out there with a little flag, you know, letting the rest of the kids go across the, the, the road. What were they thinking? <laughs> you know? Today, if they did that, they'd be sued, you know? by the parents who had the kid out there, you know? They put up with my child out there in that responsibility, you know? So, um, crossing guards. Well, when you think of uh, things that are holding you back, okay? What are things that can stop the traffic? <laughs> what are the things that stop you from going forward in your faith? You know, let the weak say that I am strong. So what are you saying? What are, what are the things that kind of put up a stop sign and you're standing there patiently waiting to get across to the other side to move on with your life and they never, you never get a green light? <laughs> because whoever it is or whatever it is in your life puts up that stop sign and says, don't go. You know, so we, we generally have labels for those things. You know, I'm not good enough or I've got this problem. I think of uh, this week I heard about a person who was extremely dyslexic, you know, you know, all the letters and things get all garbled up, and, and, if, and until the kid, until this guy was in fourth grade, he, um, you know, they thought he was mentally retarded because he couldn't read and he, he could never get it straight. But they finally figured out that he was flipping the letters and flipping the words and, you know, never saying what it meant. That individual is now governor of a state. <laughs> You know, and he has, he, he didn't allow his problem to overtake what he was capable of doing. You see, this is where we are at in our life. What is it that puts up the, the crossing guard, the thing that keeps us from going forward in our life, moving on, and there's this six-year-old crossing guard that stands there, this thing that, this label, this problem, this difficulty, this hurt, this whatever it is, that stands there and says, stop, you can't go any further, you got a problem. Well, guess what? Everybody has a problem. It's just things we have to learn to, to overcome. You see, it isn't what we have, it's what we, what we think we don't have. <laughs> we don't have the ability to go on. You can't do that. Why? Because you got a, you got a problem, you know, um, <laughs> going to college. That was always, you know, I was, I was proud to go visit and see the, 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 the gentleman who, who, who said to, to me or that I heard, what is he, how did he ever get into a college, you know? <laughs> I wanted to show him a book. I wrote this book. <laughs> I, I graduated from college, you know. Um, you know, I wanted to tell him, but I never did. I just saw him, and he worked in a factory, and he's probably got a really good pension, and I'm still reading the book, you know. 
But meeting all the people and finding out where they have come from, what they have grown through, how they have become. You see, we all have things. We all have crossing guards. And the, the trouble is, we think the crossing guard is all-powerful, and it's really just a, a kid that got hurt when they were a little kid. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember my, the, the guy who was the valedictorian of our class, um, I remember in first or second grade that he and I were fighting on the walkway up to the school. And neither one of us are, you know, were extrovert kids. We were just, you know, probably our, our mother's little kid, you know, and somehow we got our wires crossed and we were there swinging at each other. I don't think we ever hit one another. But uh, I can still remember that for whatever reason, you know. And, and so... If sometimes we have these crossing guards, you okay, we got the image? The image is, that's a good image. It's a crocodile going to chop you up. So anyhow, we've got this image in our head of something that stands on, that stands in the way of us going forward. And you see, we all have things, crossing guards that try to hold us back. We have guilt from our past mistakes. You can't go no further. You did this, and you hold it up. We have temptations that we can't overcome. Oh my, I had this difficulty, and it's always on my mind, you know. I had this thing. Dysfunctions that have been passed down from generations. Uh, <laughs> Most, uh, the thing that I, I think of that most people are unaware of their dysfunction, <laughs> you know? They don't know that they're, they're, you know, it's like the one guy, he said, I, my family put the funk in dysfunction, <laughs> you know? He grew up in an extremely dysfunctional family. So, you know, there is no one that has, that is the perfect person that lives in the perfect environment and, and all of that. If you find, like one guy said, if you find the perfect church, don't go there, because <laughs> you'll ruin it, you know? So we all have lists or one thing or many things that come there and put up the sign you can't cross, you know, and, and there's nobody coming. There's no cars coming. Why won't they let me cross? <laughs> well, you see, it's, it's easy to just accept that we can't go any further. That's kind of the easy out. I can't go any further. Um, I, can't, I can't go on. You know, I can't make it to the other side because this crossing guard is telling me you can't do it. And generally, those little crossing guards that we have put up there, I, I think, you ever see those signs, those, little, those kids? They're like pictures of, of a cutout of a, a child that's about three feet high and, and they're in a walking motion and it says, Children, you know, be careful, children crossing and things like that. Well, we have those warning signs in our head that tell us you can't do that. You can't go there. People have told us you can't do that. People have said you can't, you know, you can't walk on water. <laughs> but Jesus says, come to Peter, and Peter walks on water. So we find that um, it's hard for us to imagine the miraculous, it's hard for us to imagine that God wants to do something in our lives because it's going to be extraordinary. 
You see, we think of ourselves as ordinary. God thinks of ourselves as extraordinary because God is the missing ingredient, the extra, that will help us become greater than our disabilities, greater than our failures, greater than our past sins, greater than the, the, the dreams that we have in our life. We, we don't think of the miraculous coming to us. And that's why we're stuck and not being able to continue on. Um, I know I've said about Ra Rachel and the, the, the one boy that uh, was in Rogersville in, in Missouri, you know, he's in a wheelchair, he can't speak, you know, he has AIDS, he has no, mo no motor skills, everything is just rumbles, and all he did was scream. And he, Rachel would always go like this to him, and one day he went like that to her, <laughs> and she knew he could learn. You see, now in that inside of this child is a person that can learn, but nobody on the outside recognizes it. And inside of us, there is this call of God to become, but somebody doesn't recognize it. Someone's always saying, you can't do that, or you can't do that. And here's this kid that is totally in a, in a wheelchair that's motorized that he can't even move. Somebody has to move it for him. And, you know, he ha you know somebody has to pull him out of the chair and change his diaper. Somebody has to help him do everything. And he can't, all he do, can do is scream until he went like that. And Rachel said, he's in there. <laughs> he's in there. And she started by teaching him little pieces of sign language. And that child graduated from a university. Because someone recognized that finger that said, wait a minute. And when we look at ourselves, we look at our disabilities, we look at our problems, we look at where we were born, we look at how we have this, we look at the school we went to, we, went, we didn't go here, we went there, and we failed here. You see, all of those things are nothing more than obstacles that we have to tell the crossing guard, get out of my way. <laughs> You're not going to stop me any longer from going and fulfilling my purpose in life because God is the one who's going to help us become what we never thought we could. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> so, whenever we have <laughs> condemnation or shame, you know, shame-based thinking is, and there's a book on this whole thing, shame, I don't, I haven't read it for years, but shame-based thinking is, that there's always something wrong with me and there's always a difficulty that I have to overcome and that no matter what I do, it's not good enough nor could it ever be good enough. And it's, it's, it's shame-based thinking. And, and we have to recognize that no matter what happens in our life, God has a purpose and God has a plan and he wants us to overcome it. You see, if we could do it on our own, we don't need God. If you and I, if we could accomplish, you know, in our own measure, in our own means, then we don't need God. I, always, I, I think of um, when Rhonda started teaching, there was uh, one of her student teachers 
when she was a student teacher or she worked with someone, that this, this lady was, uh, all of her students in her class overachieved. You know, they would look at the scores, they would look at what they should, what level they should be obtain in her classroom, and not one child in her classroom ever stayed where they thought she sh- they should. They were always overachievers. Because she had the ability to, to draw out what was in them that needed to come out to help them take their next step. And you see, our life is filled with all of those difficulties. Our life is filled with difficulties that God says, don't worry about it, you can overachieve. You can become greater than this problem, greater than this need, greater than this sin, greater than this guilt, greater than this failure. God has come with his grace, amazing grace, (laughs) his divine favor. Say that, God's divine favor. Say it, God's divine favor is upon me is upon me. That's his grace. Hmm. Uh, the scripture in Matthew, or excuse me, in John chapter 19, beginning at verse 24, and this is what Jesus is on, the, you know, he's being crucified, he's on the cross. And while the, while the soldiers were looking after themselves, <laughs> okay, here's Jesus on the cross, and they're gambling for his clothes and looking after themselves, you know. They're taking care of me. Here are these guys dying on the cross, and they're there taking care of themselves. Jesus' mother, his aunt, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene stood at the foot of the cross. And Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing near her. Isn't it interesting, I think over and over again, you write in this gospel, we, we hear of the disciple that Jesus loved. And it's John. <laughs> John knew he loved Jesus and Jesus loved him. You see, of the 12, there were the three inner circle, Peter, James, and John. And of the three, there was John. John understood what all the others didn't quite grasp that he loved Jesus and Jesus loved him. And he wrote about this and, and John recognized this because um, he said, Jesus said, he said to his mother, woman, here is your son. Then to the disciple, John, John, here is your mother. And from that moment, the disciple accepted her as his own mother. Meaning that John, you know, Jesus is saying, and it wasn't a last minute, oh yeah, I got to take care of my mom, I'm dying here, who's going to take care of her? (laughs) No, Jesus recognizes that this this is the moment of transference. The transference of taking care of this widow (laughs) who is left for begging because her Husband is dead, and now her eldest son, who was, his, was her provider, has to provide for her continually by saying to John, it's your responsibility now. Take care of my mom. Now, at the moment of separation, you know, when Mary is looking here, Mary is standing there. You know, we don't, 
I don't think, we don't talk enough about Mary. <laughs> uh, because we're afraid that people who worship Mary and all that kind of stuff will, will, will misinterpret that. We don't worship Mary, okay? She is not... She is not the one who goes to Jesus and intercedes for us. Um, you know, I'm sorry, but some people believe that. But that's okay. My, my thought is this. Mary was very, very special. <laughs> because when the angel came to her and said, Mary, you're going to have a son. And you're not going to know a man. And Jesus said, and Mary said, behold the, behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me even as you have said. And Mary willingly accepted that. But you see, with the great uh, revelation came a great burden. Because all of Mary's life, up until the resurrection, they believed Mary had sinned. She broke her covenant with her husband and had a relationship with some man that made her pregnant that Jesus was born. Now, you want to know how bad it was? There are two times in, in the scripture that Jesus marveled, that Jesus uses the word that people marveled. Marveled was that Jesus marveled at the faith of the centurion when he said, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus marveled at the unbelief of the people in his town. Because he could do no miracles there because they didn't believe in him. And I was thinking of this. And one of the reasons that I think that he couldn't do any miracles in the town where he grew up was everybody in the town had already prejudged Mary and Jesus and he is the illegitimate son of Mary, and that they are living in our town, and they would never allow themselves to move beyond their prejudice. And when Jesus came there to do miracles, they said, no way, we know who he is. He can't do that. And Jesus couldn't, as it were, heal the sick raise the dead only in other places because those individuals had prejudged mary and in our lives when we are predetermined predisposed to have a certain mindset that god can't do my failure is too great my hurt is too much i won't allow myself to go beyond that that's the crossing guard telling us you can't go forward any further. Hmm. Well, Jesus, seeing that everything had been uh, completed after he turned this over, Mary, this is, I'm your, you know, this is, I'm your son, John. She's your mom. You take care of her. After Jesus, uh, seeing that everything had been completed, so that the scriptures recorded, the scripture record might be completed. Then he said, I'm thirst, I'm thirsty. A jug of sour wine was standing by and someone put a sponge soaked with the wine on a javelin and lifted it to his mouth. And after he took the wine, Jesus said, it's done. It's complete. It is finished. Hmm. You see, 
Jesus knew that this, this miraculous provision for our sin needed to be accomplished. But you see, he was putting an end to all things that could keep us from our position in Christ. So every time we have that crossing guard that says, you can't go any further, you've got a problem, we have to remember Jesus says, no, 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 it's finished. Every obstacle, every sin, every aspect of guilt, every difficulty that we would say can't, we can't go any further, Jesus is telling us in this, this statement, it's finished. That has no authority in your life to pro prohibit you from going any further. It's finished. Every failure, every obstacle. You see, when that little boy stuck his finger in the air and said to Rachel, you wait a minute, that boy's future, that boy's being locked up in this container that could not express itself was finished. <laughs> it was finished. From that moment on, he became a student, a learner, a disabled person who became functional when someone recognized a finger. And in our life, God is telling us there is hope inside of you. There is abilities inside of you. There is purpose inside of you. There is blessings that you are to bring to the world around you. There are things inside of you that, that only God can unleash and only God can resurrect. Only God can blossom. <laughs> and every obstacle, Jesus says, it is finished. It's gone. Whatever the obstacle is, whatever the difficulty is, Jesus says, it's finished. Don't worry about it. Move on. Move forward. Get that crossing guard out of the way. Get that obstacle out of its place. You see, the guilt that we feel, the, the depression, <laughs> the condemnation, the lack that we're never good enough, the self-esteem that we can never make it, the mediocrity, the fear of failure. It's all finished. It's all finished. It's, it, it's, it's concluded. It has no more power over you. So get rid of it. And every time it sticks up that flag and says, you can't cross here, it's like, get out of my way. There's no cars coming. There's no obstacles around me. You know, get the flag out of the way. <laughs> I spoke with a man the other day. Um, he was crossing the street, and this young girl hit him. This wasn't recent, it was a number of years ago. Hit him, threw him forward, and then she panicked and floored it. Ran over top of him and drug him down the road. <laughs> and he was telling me, he says, all I could see was sparklers in my eyes. <laughs> I didn't know if I was living or dead. But he was busted up, his jaw, his face, and everything. They had to, as it were, lift the car to get him out from underneath it. And he was drugged down the street. 
And he was wearing a brace on his leg and, and everything, and he was telling about that experience and how that it changed his life. He said, it changed me forever because I now realize that in a moment, my life changed. I was crossing the street, and someone didn't stop at the stop sign and ran me over. You see, we all have obstacles, past, present, failures, difficulties. There isn't anybody that doesn't have them. If we think we're special because we, don't, we have a problem, you know, get with the program, everybody's got a problem. <laughs> Everybody has difficulties. You know, you know if you, the greatest thing is for us, we're, we're here. We live in this country. If we were in South Africa or in Africa in the jungles or in, in, or in uh, the Amazon and we were in those places, they'd put us out. <laughs> they'd throw us over the hill as babies and say, we don't want them, you know. But you see, we live here and we have opportunity. We have, we have abilities. We have things that can happen to help us become. And we always have to overcome those crossing guards that says, you can't cross here. And God says, you can cross here. The extra is God's presence. And when we pray, when we ask, God is there to help us. It is finished. See, the devil, the devil knows the devil knows he's finished. He can't win. So in his hatred for God and his hatred for people, he wants to destroy and cripple as many people as he can. And God is trying to let us know, his children, he's finished. He doesn't have authority over you. My spirit is in you. And every time we fail, you know what? One of the greatest things that hold us back is our disbelief that God loves us and has forgiven us. We, we don't believe that God can do the miraculous in our lives. And he's already done the miraculous. He's forgiven us of our sin. He's forgiven us of everything that would ever put us in the place of condemnation and guilt and put us on the road to hell, that is gone. We're, not, we're, we're complete. In Christ, we are complete. His, his love hath no measure. His grace has no limit. You know, it's beyond abilities, beyond our ability to think. And so, you know, there's, this week there was a, a young woman, 49, for whatever reason, and respectfully I, I bring this up, only that, you know, she, she took her life. And for whatever reason, you know, we, people can put together problems and difficulties, whatever, but somewhere inside of her, it just stopped. Said, maybe my purpose I've failed too many times. I've done this, I've done that. For whatever reason, we don't know. But she took her life. And we have to realize that we can't carry our life alone. We need help. And it's Jesus. 
You know, in one of the songs, um, that we, I wrote it down, that it's a broken spirit is in the first song, that one of the first songs we sang. People have a broken spirit, but being broken is not a bad thing. Being broken is realizing someone greater than me has to put this together. And someone greater than what's going on in my life is Jesus. And there is always hope, whether it's today, tomorrow, next week, next year. There is something greater is, is, is coming that is important for us to be here or we wouldn't be here. God has a purpose and that we can't allow the the sense of failure, the sense of not being good enough, that is a lie. It is a lie from the enemy. It is a lie from, uh, from a deceptive spirit. It is, the, it is a lie from people. It is a lie that creeps into our thinking, and God is saying, it is finished. <laughs> that lie has no purpose in your life. The lie that says you're not good enough, you can't pass this course, you can't take this trip, you can't live this way, you can't be that person, you can't, those are lies and the dream that God has put in our heart should never be displaced by a lie. <laughs> the dream that God has put inside of us is from eternity and it is there that God has placed his hand upon our hearts and our lives, upon our minds, and he says, it is finished. My work for you is complete. Now keep on going to that completeness. <laughs> you want to know if your life is, you know, whenever our, whenever our life is, oh, I can't go on because all this stuff is wrong. If everything, whatever is wrong in our life, if it isn't ending on a finished, complete, successful note, life isn't over. <laughs> life is not over because of a failure because of a incomplete. We never walk this life alone. His Spirit is there with us. Things that are trying to hold us back, even the success of yesterday can hold us back from the success of tomorrow because we can't measure up. You see, I'll close with this. We're listening to the wrong game. <laughs> We're keeping score the wrong way. You know, we know how to keep score, you know, maybe for, you know, for football or baseball. You know, it's the number of touchdowns, the number of field goals, the number of extra points. That's how we determine winners. What's the score? We know who won. God doesn't keep score. It can be a thousand to one in our thinking. But God says the one is what matters. All the thousand don't count. The thousands of mistakes and failures, but the one confession. I, I, I keep coming back to that, the, the lady that on her deathbed said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. And she saw him. Oh, Jesus, she said. Forgive me. That Jesus is here with us, walking with us every moment. In her entire life, she had given up on God because of problems. 
But at that last moment, she saw him. And she made it home. I want us to know that Jesus sees us. Jesus considers us worthy. A couple weeks ago, a lady talked about how that, you know, when she was going in and out of consciousness and she talked to her friend and said, you know, I'm afraid to say this because people will think I'm crazy, but Jesus came and he kissed me on my cheek and he said, it's okay. <laughs> you see, that's the person that walks with us. That's the that's the person that says, you're complete. You're the perfect package for who you need to be. And I've touched you. And you'll never be the same. Don't allow failures or lies to speak to your heart and mind. Allow God to speak to you and let you know, in Christ, we are complete. In him we have life and it is eternal. And nothing and no one can ever take it from us. So begin the journey. Begin the journey. Because God knows your heart. And he will take you from here to eternity. And we'll go through problems and we'll fall down and we'll get skinned up and we'll maybe get drugged under a car, but it doesn't matter. In him, I am complete, and I can make this. Amen? Let's stand. <sighs> Jesus said, it is done. It is complete. It is finished. Not only our sin, but every obstacle that would stand in the way of his child, you and I, Jesus says, it's finished. It cannot, it cannot stand in the presence of God. And God is in you walking into that wall and it is finished. Father, thank you for the touch upon our lives. <laughs> thank you, O oh God, for the strength that you give us each day. Give us your word, your spirit, your strength. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we receive it. Amen? Amen? We receive that into our life. We receive that strength. We receive that understanding. We receive that into us that no crossing guard is going to stop me from going on with my life. Amen? 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 Amen. 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 I don't know yet here. You know, let's get on with this. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. It's over. So be it. <laughs>